All right, here we go. Sunday pour back. Another episode. Let's get right into it. We have a lot to get into. Not a lot of time to waste. It is the Goodfellas show that we've been teasing all week, all day on Twitter. Um, but before we get into it, I'm here with my cousin Ant. Uh, what are you drinking? Eh, how's it going, man? I had I had to break this out for the occasion. I actually went shopping. Wow. And I picked up I picked up for the first time in I don't know the last time I bought this, but I have seven up. And I have Canadian Club, so I got a little seven and seven. Okay, Jimmy the Gent. All right, all right, nice, yes. nice. I just uh, actually poured a little Tito's into a glass with a little ice cube. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll work. Um, no vodka appearances on Goodfellas I could think of. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that, but I just felt like mm-hmm. a little vodka, so. That's, that's all right. No, it doesn't have to be relatable. It doesn't, have to, <laughs> doesn't tie in at all to the show, to the movie, but, you know, I felt... I just I haven't done it. I gotta be honest with you, it's my second one tonight and All it's right. delicious. It is. It's been a while since I had a seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't know when the last time I had a seven. Probably like a wedding or a restaurant. It's not something I ever make, so it had to be like a restaurant or a bar or something. Yeah, like it's 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 weird getting the seven up out of a out of a can and not out of one of those soda guns, that's for sure. Yeah, and most of the time they don't even have seven up at these places. They just gave you like ginger ale or sprite. That's the way. Yeah, it's, yeah. Usually, it's usually Sprite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here we go. They got the real deal. Seven up, seven up. Yours, you know, the Orlando, whatever this guy's name was, uh, ad campaign that he did back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, it's refreshing. It's great, and keep them coming. <laughs> um, all right. So, I mean, the reason we are doing this show—it's no secret. I posted it on Twitter like eight o'clock this morning. Fifty-year anniversary. Billy Bats getting whacked. Do you know the name of that? I know it was Henry's uh, club or bar or whatever. What was the name of it? Oh, shit. Not the Bamboo Lounge. Not, um, fuck, the only one I can think of is the Shea Bippy, and that is That's Bronx Tale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they ever really mention it in the movie. It's not in the, no, they don't, but you don't catch us. You don't catch. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I should have, I should have made a point to check that out, but. Um. Yeah, because I I was actually I went back and I watched. I told you uh, the thing on the, I think it's the network reels. It's called, and I watched yep. like the true story. It's more of a, like a Henry Hill than it is Goodfellas. It's just all about him for an hour, okay. and uh, they they didn't even mention it in that, but they mentioned that it was his place, and it basically the murder went down. Basically, how it went down in the movie. I mean, it wasn't too far fetched. It was Bats made a comment to Tommy and. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it was a thing where he came back like later that night. I think he just went off the handle and uh, he pistol whipped him to death. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, at his own at his own party. Yeah, fuck, man. And I, I, I mean, the guy must have been by himself, obviously, at the time, because uh, it didn't come out until later on when they whacked Tommy. Uh, but I guess yeah, Tommy, which they don't get into in the movie a little bit, they get into Henry's drug problem. But I guess Tommy was. He liked to uh, get coked up as much as the next guy. And I think that, that may have played a factor in uh, Billy Bats ended up in the back of the trunk. It's just a bad combination. A whiskey and coke. It's not a great combination. No, not whiskey and Coca-Cola. No. Whiskey and cocaine. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> you don't. You don't yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So that's, that's uh, part of the reason for, why. For, for normal people, it's a bad 
combination, let alone, you know. Yeah, sociopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, a, yeah, June, June 11th. 1970, <laughs> 50 years. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, and that picture is always posted at, like, every year at this time, June 11th. Yes. So I always see it on Twitter. So that's yeah. why I knew, I knew it was coming, and I figured we just had a. The wait. Sweet Lounge. Sweet Lounge, okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I think Henry, uh, I think Henry, at least in the, in the show I was watching, he, Karen had this idea of him like really wanting him to go straight. And I guess oh. they portrayed it as like once that murder was committed, even though it was Tommy, you know, mm. obviously him and Jimmy have to help him cover it up. Like that mm. was his way of like always being linked to those guys and never being able to get out of that life. And Could, yeah, I mean, I don't think he was ever getting out of that life anyway. I think that was kind of a pipe dream. I mean, once the guy, we'll get into like later on, like when he went in the witness protection, but like he, the guy never stopped being a criminal. So, I don't yeah, know. I always, even if the guy was going on stern, like hammered at 7 30 in the morning, that guy's not a normal guy. He's not, yeah, he's, he's not, you know, it's okay to get drunk at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying it's not okay to get drunk at seven o'clock in the morning, but you better be going to a football game or something at, at, at one o'clock. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, he's a career <laughs> criminal, plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's just an obviously one of the many iconic scenes uh, in this movie. And it's I just can't, can't believe they played it. It's him going straight. There's no way. Oh, that is where that's kind of where it takes a turn. The whole movie, yeah, kind of takes a turn. I mean, it's that, and then the spider, like the spider gets yeah. whacked shortly thereafter. But they never really, really kinda... got into that in the movie, like Karen wanting him to go straight, right? I mean, she never really. No. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody had any. Karen was doing lines the last day that they were free. Basically. Yeah, she went off. <laughs> she went off the deep end a little bit there too at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really when it starts to go off the rails, and that's kind of the, that's one of the how this movie flows from the beginning to the end. Like in the beginning, it's the, those glorious times, and it's all like duet music, and everything is like great. Mm-hmm. Right, and you could, and and House Score says he frames it like how the music changes up from, you know, from like just Bobby Vinton and Champagne basically at, at one point, and then later on it's like the Who, and uh, like Cream and stuff like that, as like the wheels are falling off, and it it goes from like the bright eyed kid to sweaty and red eyed. Yeah, definitely <laughs> and, a know. rise and fall uh, story. Yeah, it's. Uh, that's that's the, the the framework for sure that a lot of other movies kind of follow. Like it's like Boogie Nights. I watch Boogie Nights and I'm like, this is just Goodfellas with porn, and it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's this it's the same exact kind of rise and fall. Yeah, okay. If you yeah. want, if if you want, I, I always link those two movies uh, together. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's I mean, it's fun when it's like living the life, but it's also kind of fun watching the wheels just come off and them crashing into a mountain. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. That makes for uh, makes for a good story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the beginning, you know, I think this movie gets criticized a lot, and it doesn't get criticized a lot. But when it gets criticized, it gets criticized for glamorizing the life, right? Yeah. And it does a it does a lot of that because it sucks you right in. From the second that he says, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Slams the, uh, slams the trunk. Tony Bennett is cued, and 
you're just you're in. You're Henry there. Like you're kind of in his shoes from there on out. You're yeah. you're in his you're in his head through the narration and stuff through the voiceover. And uh up until the point, like he he shows up um, at his mother's house he's as a kid wearing like the suit with the with the shoes that you could ba- <laughs> you could see yourself in them basically yeah. they ma- make them look like fucking mirrors from that point uh the very next scene is that guy getting shot and going into Tootie's pizzeria and it's oh I, you have you have the glamorization of it but then it's just some random guy bloody as shit bleeding out and the guy's stooped there and there's always the like the give and take of the 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 real brutality of that world, uh, along with the, you know the, the bright lights and the money and you know, get, you know gambling and playing cards and mm-hmm. all that kind of shit that comes along with it. Like the 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 life that you glamorize only comes at the expense of all this fucking mayhem. So I, yeah, it would be one thing if like he was glamorizing the lifestyle and didn't show you the downside of it, though. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he shows he shows you what happens. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the best case, maybe best case scenario, you end up in the witness protection like Henry did. You know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Henry is like kind of gets gets out kind of scot free. He did some time, but it's like he he was in the mafia. He was like doing a mafia fantasy camp. Basically. Yeah, he he was kind of like they they portray him in this movie like a little bit bigger than he was. Yeah, he yeah. was a, he was basically like a. I mean, towards the end, he was just a junkie, you yes. know, who was just <laughs> drugged up. And uh, the reason he doesn't go on the Latanza heist is because basically Jimmy and Tommy just looked at him as kind of like uh, not a loose end, but just unreliable because of the mm-hmm. drug use. I think. Also, he wasn't mm-hmm. like a stone cold killer like they were. Like yeah, Jimmy and yeah. Tommy were like really bad guys. Not that Henry was anything great, but Jimmy and Tommy were really bad guys, and you know that's why uh, that's why he doesn't end up going <clears throat> on the uh, the heist. Um, yeah, Henry could have been Henry could have very easily worked somewhere on Wall Street, just having or like been a banker or something, and getting shit faced at lunch, doing yeah. doing lines in the bathroom in the afternoon and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I think what <laughs> he didn't need to be he didn't need to be a gangster. I think what makes it so his story so. Uh, fascinating and why Pelegi obviously wrote the book. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Pelegi? Nicholas? I'm not sure. I think it's Pelegi. Pelegi, it's yeah. Soft, I think it's a soft G or... Yeah. yeah. I, I think what was so fascinating about it is the guy was basically a survivor. Like, he had no business making it as far as he did and making it alive as long as he did with the lifestyle he was leading. Fake until you make it, man. Incredible. And obviously, <laughs> obviously, he could never be a mate guy. Him and, did, did you hear, actually, when I was researching this, I saw it, that mm-hmm. I think it was back in 2000 or something, they lifted uh, the restrictions. Like, as long as your father was Italian and had an Italian last name, you could be made now. Yeah, I thought it was a little, I thought it was a little, a little more recent than that. But um, yeah, did he, I, I had heard about that. Is that, is yeah, that just because they're trying to find <laughs> business they, is they, bad? They need bodies? They need, yeah, they need. They need employees, man. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's I tough. figured. It's tough. And as far as it's weird, I mean, it's not weird, but I mean, like, the mafia in Italy, as far as I know, is still going pretty strong. Like, Naples, especially, is going, still going pretty strong. But around here, it's just, it's basically low level shit. They're, right? I mean, they're, work, they're like working guys, I man. They're working stiffs now, basically. Yeah. I mean, they're not, no, they're, they're not the heights. They're on the numbers they, they had back in the day, not even close. 
Uh, they're construct. I'm sure they're construction guys, and they got little scams going here and there. But they're I got a feeling they're they're working stiffs basically. Yeah. But they're I mean they're still around. You know I mean they're still around. You still you still they still pop up here and there. I mean a lot of times it's you know you hear about guys uh, getting out of jail or trying to get trying to get out of jail because they're like 93 years old and shit like that. That's most of what you see in the paper these days. But I mean, uh, I mean, like occasionally you'll, you'll catch something about, you know, oh, yeah, there was, that, there's no there was way. that mob hit. Was it last summer or two summers ago? Oh, it wasn't even a mob hit. Yeah. It was just, uh, shit. The guy was... got whacked on his front lawn, which is like almost kind of against the rules. Right. Yeah, it wasn't even a mob hit though. It was, I don't know if he was, Shit! I thought they linked it, it, it to the guy who had just got out of prison, one of Gotti's guys. Gene, well, Gene Gotti, his brother. That was a that was the reason what they thought, but it turned out it was just some. I don't know if the guy was banging his daughter or something. Oh, like, okay. like this, like there was a beef between. It, it was like a, or he was banging somebody. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was not mafia related though. Oh, all right, I never. And I that, really. and that, and that guy who got killed had actually come over from Italy. To kind of write the ship of whoever family he was working with, <laughs> and then he gets yeah the 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 kid whoever it was goes crashing into like the front lawn basically or something yeah. like that. Right, like, it was like Staten Island, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. And uh, guy comes out to see what the fuck has happened, and he shoots him right there. <sighs> Brutal. Not even a real mob hit. Yeah. So the, the, even even though even when the mafia makes headlines, it's not even as the as the mafia anymore. It's yeah. Like, right. Brett caught some uh, guy caught in a love triangle or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. When was the first time you saw Goodfellas? Do you remember it? Uh, it not vividly because I caught it in like the mid '90s as a kid. It was on HBO all the time, and like my stepfather, huge Goodfellas fan, so he would always have it on. Oh, so nice. I think the yeah. first, so I think the first time I saw it was kind of like bits and pieces with him watching it, like mm-hmm. in the background. And then I okay. eventually uh, just watched it one day whenever it was yeah. on. And then yeah. obviously had it. Uh, I don't know if I ever had it on VHS, but I definitely had the uh, the original when it first came out on DVD where you had to flip it over. Sure. Where are the shovels? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the the, oh, the first scene of the this too is uh, Karen. Karen, right? You have a whore in 4R. <laughs> Whatever, whatever it is, Janice Rossi. Rossi. Uh, yeah, so sometime in the night, I it, I does it doesn't stick out the first time I actually saw it. It's mm. like it's like one of those things. Like, when did you become a Yankee fan? Like, I it I just was one. Like, I gotcha. Goodfellas has just always been like a, a part of my life. Somehow, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there's not one specific time that sticks out. I think I saw it for the first time. I think it was 1998, Christmas night, 1998. So I'm 16. Uh-huh. It could have been the year before, but I don't, I don't, I think it was 98 for some reason. And uh, it was Christmas night. We were visiting family and we all ended up back at my grandmother's house. And it was like my, my brother, uh, my father, my uncle, and my uncle's son, and my cousins. And like, you know, my uncle Joe, man, like he doesn't stay up past, you know, 8 15. Right. And we put this movie on. I don't know what time it was. Probably like nine o'clock. It was after a long Christmas day. We put it on. He had gotten. This is what it was. He had one of one of his kids has gotten him the uh, Robert De Niro box set VHS, <laughs> and it was like Goodfellas, Raging Bull, 
taxi, I don't even taxi remember. driver. Maybe taxi driver. And I don't, yeah, I don't even remember. But uh, it was four of them. I remember it was four for some reason. And we, they, they decided. These are all movies like I had never seen. And they were like, we got to watch Goodfellas. So I was like, okay. So we pop it in. And like I said before, like it just sucks you in from that opening. My uncle stayed there wide-eyed for the entire movie until like midnight. <laughs> like and then and then drove home, which I was like, "What? Like this guy never." And even in '97, he had a reputation of not being able to stay up late. <laughs> but and, and I was and I was soaked. And then I remember like my mother got me the VHS because I just needed to see it again. My mother got me VHS like a month or two later, like after Christmas. Uh-huh. And I and I was just hooked. I wore out that VHS tape, man. And it was just seeing the movie for the first time. Like my, I remember my first favorite movies that were quote unquote like adult. Yeah. Movies, not not adult movies, but movies that were not cartoons. Yeah. R like rated, yeah. Were like were Top Gun, okay, Sleep Sleepers, and a few Good Men. Okay, a little like cruise, I, a little cruise in there. I was a big cruise guy. Yeah, I did like him early on. I still like cruise. It right? means like, cruise uh, is great. Uh, I don't listen to any cruise slander. I mean, he's a fucking weirdo Scientologist, but like as an actor, tremendous. I'm not having. I'm not trying to have him over for dinner, but I, you know, I'll watch Cocktail right now if you want me to. I watch any, any '80s, '90s cruise. By the way, I got uh, I got it on right now, and it's the funny house scene. Uh-huh. I thought it, no, I thought it was um, I thought it was vodka, but it's it pretty sure it's on his at the table. Sorry, ah. I was looking for vodka for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I was, and from from there on out, like Goodfellas had me hooked, and that's when I kind of went on my my run of watching all the gangster movies I could possibly get my hands on. You know, Scarface, Casino, Carlito's Way, everything that had come Godfather's, everything that had come before, and Goodfellas to this day remains my number one, my favorite movie of all time. Not just a gangster movie, but it's my favorite movie. Yeah, Goodfellas was Period. probably Goodfellas was probably my introduction into the mob genre too, if I had to guess. I don't really mm-hmm. necessarily remember the order I watched them all in, mm-hmm. um, but I remember Goodfellas probably being the first one. Like I definitely saw Goodfellas before God, all the Godfathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Godfathers I saw later on, and Casino was a little bit later on. So Goodfellas is definitely what got me hooked on the uh, genre of movies. I have like you know how you said you were watching, like your your stepfather watching Goodfellas you had yeah. on the TV. Yeah, like I've. Like, I have weird memories about good or uh, The Godfather like that. Like, I just remember seeing it on TV, not knowing what it was or what, or what, you know. Yeah, I have a little on. bit of that with Godfather, too, I think, with, with the with Godfather. It was just one of those, well, it was one of those, Godfather is one of those movies you got to sit down and really lock into because it's so long, especially Godfather 2. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, like, if you catch it in the middle, you're you're going to be a little bit lost it's, it's a hard, yeah, hard it's movie not... to jump in the middle um yeah so no, I, like as a first, kid you're first time confused yeah yeah, yeah it, it, there's there's certain movies that you owe it to like sit down and and start you know pop the popcorn pour the drinks and, and start from jump street on it yeah you know for, for the first time and that's you know this is definitely one of them and even still i mean it's rare now because you know we're so used to just popping on like because on it's on it's on every other it's on TNT, it's not TNT, but something like PH1 AMC. sometimes, AMC, yeah, yeah. A&E sometimes, all these weird channels. Just, I think it's been on women's entertainment before, yeah. which is weird, but it's it's there. They get the right suit for a reason. They put it on, and you're just like, ah, I got to put it on. Like I gotta, and you, 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 you can never turn it off once once it's on. But uh, 
I, I haven't I hadn't watched it. I think I talked about this before. I hadn't watched it like start to finish in the longest time and right before Easter this year. I put it on like as I was cooking. Mm-hmm. And that's so I was and basically at, once I was done cooking, I sat down and just watched it, you know, t- till it finished. Like, oh, man, still the best. Yeah. Still yeah. the best. It does. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh hits this definitely hits the spot. Um so yeah, so Scorsese Going into this, he I think he had said that he was kind of wanted to be done making mob films. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Did I read I that have, right when I was no, doing I, the research? I, I, I honestly didn't do a lot of research for this one, man. I just, I'm kind of winging it because it's one of those movies that just, it could take me anywhere. I think I read that on the IMDb trivia. Is that right? Well, yeah. A couple, I, years, couple, couple, years, couple years later, and then. And then two decades later, right? It was he was back. Um, but the attention to like detail in this movie, I think, is what makes it really uh, good too. Mm-hmm. Like Scorsese, I read would like tie Leota's tie because he just wanted it tied specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. little stuff like that. Like De Niro, I read had to use real money on the se- on the uh, set. Oh, nice, yeah. So nice. like he, some somebody like somebody on set would have to give him like five grand, <laughs> and then and then when they called cut when they called cut they'd have to stop and like the guy would have to make sure all his whole money was accounted for before, right. before everybody like walked away. <laughs> I, I had heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you talk about attention to detail. I've seen pages of the script like from when him and Pledge were writing the script, uh-huh. and there's pages of the script like printed out. And in the margins, Scorsese's handwriting, like going out, like what music he wants in that scene, like legitimately view, like watching, like watching the movie in his head or picturing the movie in his head as he's going over the script. Which, if you've ever read a script, it's, unless you, I mean, if you've ever read a script before seeing a movie, is really hard to do. But for him to like create that in his head as he was going is. Um, I mean, it's inc- it's incredible to see. It. I mean, it's just like one or two pages I've seen, but it's still just awesome to know that was like, he's like, oh, in this scene we're gonna use this is the, uh, you know, use the what what do you call it, um, Eric Clapton song. You yeah, know. Layla. Thank you. Using Layla. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, like fucking most famous song in the, <laughs> in the movie, but you know, just to see it like written out in those little notes and and then this and see that see it on the screen, yeah, him actually having that vision come to fruition is just fucking amazing. So yes, incredible attention to detail in this three plus hour movie. That's that score says he's a fucking master, man. Yeah. When it comes to music, I don't think there's anybody better. Uh, not necessarily at picking the song. I mean, he picks great songs and a lot of like the classic rock genre. Um, obviously like the old school, like Sinatra songs like that, you know, Tony Bennett in this, in this movie, yeah, but just yeah. it's the placement of the song. And I think Tarantino has definitely um, borrowed that from Scorsese, like knowing oh, yeah. where to like place the songs. And there's other guys who are good at it too, but mm-hmm. Scorsese to me remains the master. At he was that. In, he Even in it. the Irish, what he just did, the Irishman, you know, which is his most recent movie, just like yep. perfect the placement of uh, the uh, the music. It's great. Abs- absolutely, yeah. Irishman, it, it takes a lot from this, which took from, uh, which took from Mean Streets before, and Mean Streets has like one of the classic. Rolling Stone intro, like music, melding music with uh, film. Like when the, the whole uh, De Niro introduction, basically when De Niro comes into the bar in the beginning 
I mean, the Rolling streets. Stones are playing. Yeah, Mean Streets. Yeah. What's what? You know what song it is? Uh, I I, I do, but off the top of my head, I can't. Um, because that's got. I that's can't like take his it. Number, that's like Scorsese's number one is the Stones. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, I make a I get pictures in my head, but the song, the name, the title is just not click with me right now. I just I couldn't figure out fucking Layla two seconds ago. Yeah. So mean, mean, you, mean, Street actually, mean Street's actually Mean actually just watched uh, over the summer. Not for the first time, but it's, it's one of those movies that I don't have like ingrained in my brain the way I do like all these other ones, Casino and Goodfellas. Um, well, I, could, I could do Mean Streets all day. I love that movie. Oh, man. really? Yeah, it's yeah. one of those movies. I, like, I, watch it, I don't watch it enough. Um, I love it, though. You know, that's, I mean, that's, and that's like the first... That's the you know right, that's the first one for these guys you know De Niro and Scorsese. I did um, the week leading up to the Irishman premiere because I saw the Irishman, uh, seat of thir- like the Friday or the Thursday came out. I took a day off from work and saw like an eleven a.m. show. Mm-hmm. And the week leading up to it on my other podcast on one well, my conversation, I did a Mean Street show. I did a, a couple of Scorsese took mo- a, t- a couple of Scorsese movies leading up to it, and Mean Streets was the first one I did kind of getting ready for i think i did goodfellas too but it was like 20 minutes you know like i did those shows it was 20 minutes long yeah so and mishri's was the first one i kind of went in chronological order and uh yeah man i love that movie i could quote that one all day too yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh getting back to the music in yeah. the final scene when uh you know they they uh have pesci shooting the gun at henry hill mm-hmm you know, out in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, or whatever, wherever he is. I, I get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. I think he was in Arizona in the real life, right? I read that I, in the show I watched. It said Nebraska. Oh, but, really? But then, but then I guess Jimmy He's... found out where he was, and then he had to move again. I can get into that later. That was a whole fucking mess. Like when he was in witness protection. He's bronchial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. There. I actually I learned more from when he was in the witness protection than I did in like. The actual like uh, parts of Goodfellas, but um, <laughs> but the song. Did you know that the reason they used the Sid Vicious song in my ways because Sinatra wouldn't give them permission? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it yeah. actually ends up playing out well. Like, yeah, I think it does because. Uh, what were you gonna say? Go ahead. I cut you right off there. No, I just say? I I think it played really well because I don't know. I go back and maybe just because I'm so used to the movie, mm-hmm. I feel like that version works better just because of. Like the the lifestyle that Henry lived, like mm-hmm. he was an adrenaline junkie. He lived. He he was addicted to the lifestyle. He loved living on the edge, you know, yep, day yep. day to day, surviving. And uh, I don't know something about that version. I feel like sums up his life better than the Sinatra version. I I agree wholeheartedly, man. Because that Sinatra version belongs in the first part of the movie. Talk about, I talked about the progression, the progression of the movie before, mm-hmm. and like that Sinatra sound belongs in the first half hour of the movie, forty minutes of the movie, forty five minutes when they're glamorizing then, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those those good times, of, you know, as you know, when he meets Karen, and when they're going through all all that all that kind of stuff when they're all young and there's there's no troubles and. You know, gang, the wise wise guys are everywhere. You know what I mean? All that kind of shit. And and that Sid Vicious song, like that punk rock '80s type stuff. That's what that's that that's where it belongs, man. And after like that last day where he's doing coke and you know that Henry Hill day, we we always have the I always talk about like having those Henry Hill days where you're rushing around and shit. Yeah. When you when you have, like that's that's Sid Vicious, man. That's not that's not Sinatra. Yeah, look, yeah. When you're in a hurry driving around, like I love Frank. He's the best. 
and I'll listen to Sinatra anytime. But if I'm in a rush, I can't throw my way on. You know what I mean? It's not. It's just too much of. Like, no, it doesn't work in that spot. It's a sit back. It's a sit back. You're sipping. You're sipping something, smoking a cigar, kind of enjoying a nice day, like a perfect day. Uh, that's my way, Sinatra. But my way, Sid Vicious, is like you're ragged. Your your shirt is ripped. There's you know cigarette holes in it, ashes on you. Your eyes are bloodshot. And yeah. uh, you're looking for, for your next hit. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, in Mean Streets, the song is Jumpin' Jack Flash. Oh, the, okay. Just the De Niro entry. Where he's going into the bar with the two girls on his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head the, head the, head the wine throb. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, I could do it all day. Yeah, I can't quote Mean Streets at all. <laughs> I just can't. Well, you better watch it tonight, man. Get yeah. back on Get back on it. <clears throat> back on the horse. Uh, should we take our first break? Yeah, we got a break for uh, audio purposes, and I'll uh, we'll come right back and get going. With we got, I mean, we got three more hours worth probably to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back. Um, we we're talking about the soundtrack with this movie, um, and I'm looking at it right now. Obviously, Tony Bennett, Rags to Riches. Um, it's ama- it's amazing that, uh some of these songs like I'm looking at right now that you just know from this movie like yeah <laughs> you hear them on you know a lot of them you you probably have to hear them like an oldie station maybe even like AM oh yeah for sure and uh, oh by the way if you do look on Spotify they have the uh, Goodfellas soundtrack in in chronological movie order oh really yeah yeah, which I actually tried to do. A, like I burned a CD. Or it was two CDs. I burned year, obviously years ago. You don't burn CDs anymore. But uh, I did my best to do this. I got if I could find that, it'd be amazing. But yeah, it's got them all. And <laughs> isn't there like order. there's like so many more songs in the movie that didn't even make it on the soundtrack? I think I read that somewhere. Oh, the, the soundtrack itself. If you like bought the soundtrack, there's like twelve songs. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was meeting with the DJ for my wedding, and then uh-huh. he he was asking me about like what songs I wanted played during cocktail hour. Yep. And I and I told him I was like I was like think like you know like old older stuff like Sinatra. I was like think Goodfellas soundtrack. <laughs> like just to give you an idea, I was like I'm not gonna be a hard ass and like give you a, a list of like you know 15 songs I need played, but I was like go look at the Goodfellas soundtrack, give you an idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you, you talk about like that. In, that you talk about the June eleventh, you know, when we, when we intro the show today, and like that song, uh, it's not leader of the pack. It's um, uh, uh, yeah. he, he, he shared the boy I love by the Crystals. Yeah, like, yeah, that, okay. like that, like that song. Like you hear that intro, and you're just like, oh yeah, here I am, I'm, and I'm at the sweet lounge, and drinks around the house. You know, go get your fucking shine box. And like that, that song just that, that that brings it back. But you wouldn't know that song without this. No, movie. and I remember hearing that song maybe only. I think I heard it like once in my life outside of that outside of the movie, mm-hmm. and it took mm-hmm. me a second because it wasn't the part uh, where it like picks up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my god! I was like, oh, I was like, you know, Billy Bats. Like you just <laughs> you just link it. You just link it with somebody getting viciously murdered. <laughs> you know. Absolutely, um, but yeah, so so many of those songs, uh, not just in this movie, but all all these like movies that Scorsese does. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So going back to uh, kind of more like the beginning of the movie, once he meets Karen, 
what I mean in real in real life yeah I think it was a little more um I don't know how to put it it was a little more of a bumpy ride like the the part that they leave out is like her obviously when he goes to prison having the affair with uh was it Paulie she has is that she confirmed had, like, Karen had an affair with Paulie I think that's like a rumor what I I never heard of that. That's crazy. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Am I making that up? Wow! Can we just? Jeez! I just slandered her good name, <laughs> Karen Hill and Paulie. I thought because Paulie did have, was it under the radar? Coos uh... Hound? Yeah, Paulie was. And early on in uh, <laughs> early on in um, in real life, when Henry was first hanging out with Paulie, because Paulie was like a father figure to him. He witnessed Paulie beat his mistress like into basically a coma because she called his wife. Oh man! Yeah, I'm not. I'm not laughing at her getting beat up, but I mean, you don't call the wife. Yeah, it was pretty vicious. I I, I could have swore that was true. Um, oh yeah, I'm seeing something right here. American Mafia history. Hill and Vario were reportedly very close while Hill was still in prison. Vario had an affair with Hill's wife, Karen. Oh man! So when she when he when she goes to prison to visit and she's like, "Paulie won't even talk to me," and he's like, "Forget Paulie, she's lying." Yeah, yeah, apparently. Jesus yeah, Christ! That that scene, <laughs> that scene has changed in my mind forever. Now I I've, I never heard <laughs> that, and now whenever I see that, I'm gonna be like, "Oh well, she was actually banging him on the side." Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about that prison scene, man. Cause that made they made prison seem fun. I was like, oh, I can do time. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> with the, with, with the, with the wine and the cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all you got to do is no one guard. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, obviously the prison. Another. I mean, there's so many iconic scenes. It's like everything. <laughs> every scene we talk about, I feel like I'm gonna be repetitive. Uh, but yeah, obviously them cooking like the sauce. Have you right, ever? What was the guy's name? Vinny with the. Yeah, Vinny Scorsese's father plays Vinny, yeah. Oh, right, 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 yep. Um, but, yeah, uh, just great with the wine and the scotch, you know. Have you ever um, cut garlic with a razor blade? <laughs> no. It, you, I, I mean, it's cool as hell. But yeah. the only reason I haven't done it is because I actually like the garlic a little bit on the thicker side. You like to say <laughs> it's, it's, it's a myth. I like, that dude, it's... I, like ch- I like chunks, man. I like having, like, a nice chunk. Yeah, I do. I do too. But in, the, in like a in like a sauce, like a re, like a with the meat and stuff, you don't like. I don't need a chunk. There's already chunks of like meat and stuff in it. Yeah, I do. I do. I do like if you're doing like a marinara sauce or, or a lot of other things. Like I just like the the chunk of garlic in there. It's fine with me. Yeah, but I get, I've I've tried the, I've tried to cut the garlic with a razor blade. I've tried to cut it thin a million times. Having actually liquefy in the oil is an impossibility. It's it's, just gonna, I, it's, it's impossible. It doesn't happen. And I mean, it's a tedious process. How long would it take you to do one clove? <laughs> you know, you have to have a lot of time on your hands. No pun intended. Yeah, time, right. Time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I had done that early on, trying. You know, when I was cooking and after post Goodfellas, obviously, and cooking, trying to learn. I was like, oh, you know, gotta try this. And uh, as I was trying to find my own method, this does not the same. First of all, you could cut it just as thin. You could cut it just as thin with a knife, with a good knife. 
Yeah. The the razor blade is just because they're in fucking prison. Although I'm sure, yeah, they, had, yeah. I'm sure they had knives anyway, but Paulie needed something to do on Sunday mornings, I guess. Yeah, Paulie was yeah, that's right. Paulie was the one that was in charge of the garlic. <laughs> Forgot about that for a second. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking it was all Vinny. <laughs> Vinny's in charge of the onions. <laughs> Tomorrow we eat sandwiches. <laughs> you gotta go on a diet, Vinny. <laughs> what a life. That was like a boy, it was like a boys' club, man. Like that goes back to what Henry was saying before. You only go to jail if you want to go to jail. To get away from Genie. Yeah. Yeah. Like most guys go to Atlantic City for a fucking weekend. You guys go to prison for four four years. Right. And where was Jimmy doing time? Was it St. Louis? It sounds right, yeah. 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 I'm sure he was uh, his operation was just as tight wherever he was. <laughs> they really <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and I heard. I actually heard like when Gotti went to prison, he got fucked with a lot because it was a different time. And oh, he was, really? He was not sick. Yeah, when he went like when he when he went to jail for for good. Like I, I, in, in I the, wasn't, in the wasn't, mo- wasn't part of that though because Gotti was just like unlikable in that in those circles, kind of like. I mean, he was a he's a he's a big reason. I mean, I'm sure the mafia wouldn't have lasted for that long anyway. But I but mean, that was, was a down. That was a downfall. That was part of like, yeah, part of it was his mouth was downfall, and you know, being a, what you wanted to be on TV and in the papers and shit, and making it more visible. That didn't help. Yeah, you know, the, the, the more visible you are, you kind of rub it in the noses of uh, of of law enforcement. They're going to come for you even harder. You know. Yeah. Which, yeah so. which is what. Uh... Which is what Gotti did, obviously. But yeah, this, but this man. is, I mean, Gotti was, Gotti was like right after this, right? Like mid eighties. Yeah, I think Hill even at some point talked about knowing Gotti or meeting Gotti at some point, like on his way up, you know. Like, I right. think he and, knew and, some of those. And what guys. family was Gotti a part of? Uh, Gambino. Gambino. Okay. Because yeah. um, when. When Henry was in witness protection, this goes to, back to the documentary I was watching. Mm-hmm. When he went to prison, because uh, when he was in witness protection, the guy never stopped being a criminal, like I said. Right. You know, he was dealing drugs. He was also, like, you know, a big drinker. He would tell people who he was. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, the, 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 my favorite move that he did, my favorite move that he did was yep. uh, he got married under his new name. <laughs> While he was still married, right before Karen left him, I think she finally had had enough, like, and finally left him. And then uh, the witness protection finally had to cut him loose, and he ended up, he ended up, you know, getting pinched on DEA surveillance with a bunch of, you know, drug traffickers making a deal or whatever. And when he got thrown in the uh, in prison, it was a mob-run prison by the Gambino family. Oh, no and shit. I guess he just got out by the skin of his teeth. He called somebody in uh, probably in the FBI that he had a relationship with. Yeah, yeah. And they they were able to just get him out and uh, get him into oh. some like drug program or whatever, which obviously didn't work because I'm pretty sure he did drugs till basically the day he died. Yeah, although it's, it's weird, man, because I heard like Sammy the Bull Gravano was kind of the same when he went in the witness protection program. Like he was dealing uh, like pills, I think. They can't point. help themselves. It's just their, that's their lifestyle. Yeah, you know? they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't let go of that lifestyle easily at all. They 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 yeah. want they want to live a certain way. They can't just live like a in a two bedroom apartment and yeah. fucking you know and and grow a little basil in the in the, on the <laughs> nah, porch, something yeah. like that. 
But that, he, ends, he ended up getting arrested again in like 2001, 2004. Yeah. Like, oh, he, he would always fuck up. And the crazy thing and to, to prove the point that the mob isn't what it used to be. Yeah. From what I read, obviously, Paulie ends up dying in prison. Yeah. In I think I think it was before Goodfellas even came out. And then Jimmy died lung cancer in like the mid 90s. They basically made it sound like once those guys were gone, like. It was like, ah, you know, like the bounty was gone off of his head. Like, Mob basically forgot about it. Yeah, it. So you're on to the next generation. I mean, what the fuck? They care about old beefs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They ratted him out. Yeah, but they got to worry about their own guys. They yeah, true. Guy Especially a guy like, like Henry. Like, what kind of threat is he to the new generation, I guess? Yeah. Like he was, yeah, he ratted if, out guys he had to, and that was it. If you're going to whack Henry Hill in 1999, like, you're just looking for making a name for yourself. You know what I mean? You're True. basically you're you're Sean Gismonti, basically. Yeah, and who's gonna pay you at that point? Even if he has a bounty, like all the guys who wanted them dead. No, are you're not doing it themselves. Yeah, you're not doing it for money. You're doing it for to like to, to kind of get your name in lights. Yeah, like, maybe make your button or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, you talk you talk about like they couldn't escape the the lifestyle when in Goodfellas when Henry gets out of jail, he comes mm-hmm. back to the house. He's not there for two seconds. He's like, ah, oh, we gotta go. That's it. And he gets that gaudy ass house with the you know the shit the thing open the thing opens on the wall and they bring they bring like that's that's basically it man you could it's not the same it's not the same as it was before like it's not the same as the good old days that they're looking at beforehand right it's not mm. you know they're 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 having a good old time you know with their uh, fucking wives parties whatever that is and you know they're they're they have. Uh, Shit, they have their bars and stuff like that, and they're able to kind mm-hmm. of go and party and do their own things like that. But you know, when, when they get out, it's all kind of just for show. To like, look, we're doing great, guys. We're we're doing just fine. Thank you very much. But it's yeah. not. It's it's never fine though. Once once what, even that that first stint in jail, things kind of you're you're on the you're on the back nine, and uh, Lufthansa happens. Lufthansa is a big score, huge, but. But I mean, the way Jimmy handled it, and uh, and that whole aftermath, it's another big part of the downfall. That paranoia and the drugs that were involved. Not you know, Jimmy, not with the drugs, but Henry with the drugs, and that that was a big downfall of this this whole section of yeah. uh, of the mafia there. Right. So Latanza, we can get into that. Yeah, they get five million cash. And by the way, in in in, in a lesser director's hands this Lufthansa thing is handled miserably like it's gonna they're, they're gonna make Lufthansa a big part of the movie like the heist oh oh I gotta do the heist yes and apparently it. from what I read the heist was per, was pretty nuts like that you could have done that but it just wouldn't have fit with the vibe of the movie there was there was a movie like a tv movie and uh oh shit not not Kiefer Sutherland. Donald Sutherland played Henry Hill or Jimmy. I don't remember. Uh, and it was just like weird. I mean, you just couldn't watch it because it was you just couldn't watch it. It wasn't the same. It's like it's you know very much just a heist movie, which is not what you right. Which, which is you basically want. which is what it was. They roughed up a couple guards, um, and actually one of the guards was able to I think identify Tommy because he like took mm-hmm. off his mask at one point. But okay. the guy like wouldn't he refused to testify okay. against them, which is probably probably the right decision. Smart move, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, Latanza Latanza's obviously a huge part. They get 
five million cash and apparently one million in jewelry. Okay, which would equate to like thirty million today. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, talk about a score. What are you doing um, this? What are you doing this weekend, at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, go up the yeah, fucking Brad. Go up to Bradley. <laughs> I mean, I hope they. I hope these air, airports would have learned their lesson by now, man. Because, <laughs> don't they rob the airport at the beginning too? Yeah, it's like yeah, it was like the it was like Citibank. It's like going right, to right, right, right. Yeah, um, Frenchie's Frenchie's the night guy at the at the place, and that's it's a lot of money. You know, it's made a good summer. It's a lot yeah, of money yeah, for a kid like yeah, you. Yeah. Family, family asked you, yeah. you want to playing playing craps in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh so yeah, so then J- Jimmy, obviously being the greedy fuck and being the paranoid fuck, ends up whacking almost everybody that's involved. Yeah, stacks. Well, yeah, stacks goes. Well, stacks had uh, to go. That was different. Stacks right, because cops had his prints. Cops had his prints and stuff. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, so their Christmas party, like they're throwing this huge party, and uh, Frank uh, J- Jimmy Rose Beef walks in with the Cadillac. Yeah, you know. And not only does he drive the Cadillac, he shows it off to Jimmy. I mean, he parks it in front of the fucking bar. Yeah, he's like, hey, Jimmy, check out Maybe around the corner? I I know he just told me not to buy anything big, but let me show you this big-ass caddy. (laughs) This Elvis-style Cadillac that I bought. Bad, bad idea. And then poor Frankie Carbone walks right into the... Poor timing. Walks right into the lion's mouth. (laughs) He's just, look at this. Look at this. Jimmy's just stewing right by the door. <laughs> it's too funny, man. And he's like, you stupid or what? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And it all it all came from Maury. That's that's true the true story. It all came from Maury. It was a tip from uh Henry's bookie, basically. Yeah, and like you could see I, I you could see killing you know, Frank Carbone, if you're like, all right, he's being irresponsible and you got to get rid of him because he's, he's bringing too much attention. Yeah. And I'm, there's obviously a lot of putting myself in gangster shoes. I don't, it's probably not, probably wasn't okay to kill him, but whatever. In that life, okay, you had to do it. Yeah. Uh, and the rules kind of go out the window. Sometimes. Yeah. D- different set of rules. Yeah. Uh, but, but Maury, he didn't, anything, he didn't do anything but bust Jimmy's balls a lot. He, 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 he set up the, set up the caper in his words. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just was looking for his cut. Yeah, he he gave the tip to Henry, and then Henry went to Jimmy because Jimmy was basically the brains. Yep. Jimmy Jimmy was everything. Jimmy was the brains, the mastermind. He was the muscle. He actually went on the heist. So I think that's why it just made Jimmy sick to. I think they, I mean they say it in the movie. It made him sick to have to, you know, split it with the uh, with with everyone else. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why not? It was easier to whack everybody than. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he gave it. I mean, I'm sure he gave it to Tommy, obviously. Kicked up the pole. Kicked up the pole. Kicked up the pole, of course. And uh, that was basically it. Actually, I actually think that uh, Henry at one point was close to getting whacked because he didn't even want to give anything to him. I had read that there was wiretaps around the time that Henry finally whacked, uh, Henry finally whacked, Henry finally ratted them out saying, Paulie and Jimmy basically saying uh, that they wanted Henry gone. And they, they blamed his drug use, but I think part of it was, you know, they want to. Or for, was it for Lufthansa? Because like in, in the movie, he asked him to go down to Florida and in the, the voiceover, he goes, uh, 
And that's why I knew I would never come back from Florida. Alone. Yeah, I think in real life it was there was they actually brought when they arrested Henry they they had a wiretap of Paulie and Jimmy saying that they wanted to whack Henry, partly because of his drug use and he you know he was dealing drugs on the side he was just a liability. Yeah, you know, oh, which yeah. is what he was most which is what he was most of the time. But the, the guy was, I mean, I mean, he was a good earner, Henry. He he always he, had some he always had something. He wound up. He wound up being a huge liability. Yeah, <laughs> they, huge. They, they were right. Huge. And and apparently, um, they said like the body count wasn't. I mean, the body count wasn't exaggerated in the movie. Like their body count was like close to thirteen people that Jimmy had whacked after the Tonsa. Yeah, I think you know? I got a. I got a list of who got whacked. All right. Uh, got... So Stax and Maury. Right, Marty Marty Krugman was his real name. Oh yeah, <laughs> his little shop on Stacks Edwards was his, was his actual real name. Everybody loves Stacks. Yeah, six six bullets he got. By the way, Stacks. Yeah, that sounds about so that's right. What happens, yeah. man? Uh, Jimmy roast beef in the car in the caddy. Right, Frenchy. Yep. Uh, Frankie Carbone. Yeah, that's really it. That, that's it. And then Tommy right after that gets hit, but that's separate. Yeah, apparently there was apparently there was even more. <laughs> There was even more guys that were involved that he uh, he made disappear. Oh, while we're doing while we're doing lists, I want to go back. I know we're oh, and another all interesting over. thing. Another interesting thing about Latanza yeah. is the feds knew it was uh, Jimmy Burke's crew right out of the gate, so they put okay. heavy surveillance on him. So in the movie, when De Niro is like you know talking to Johnny Roast Beef and Garbone. Saying like, don't buy anything. We're being watched. Like that was yeah. true. That was one hundred percent true. Yeah. Like they they put it together, but they just didn't have the yeah, they, they didn't they have the, the proof. evidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't Sorry. give don't give don't give anything. Yeah, You're right. Exactly. My mother's name. <laughs> uh, it's okay, it's okay if I go back. I got to go backwards in time a little bit. Yeah, uh, in the movie. All right, because like talk about intros, and like talk about this movie like immerses you in it, and. That the, everybody talks about the Copacabana tracking shot, right? Yeah, but that the, the 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 tracking shot, the bamboo lounge, when you first meet everybody, the, it was Jimmy and Tommy and me, <laughs> and then he goes through everybody: Anthony Stabile, Frankie Carbone, <laughs> Fat Andy, who was Mo Black's brother, <laughs> Frankie the Wop, <laughs> Freddie No Nos, Pete the Killer, Mickey Eyes, Mikey Franchese. And Jimmy two times. I mean, that's a, that's a lineup right there, man. Yeah. Murderers row. Yeah. Can, <laughs> can you, if, if we go over those names, I'm not gonna, I don't know if we should do this or not, but if we go over these names, could you, like, could you say what the guy said in response when they were introduced? Oh, man, with some of them. <laughs> I, got, I got some of them written down. So it was Jimmy and Tommy and me, yeah. and there and there was Anthony Stabile. Did he said something, Anthony Stabile. Yeah. What's he say? Hey, how you doing? Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and there was Frankie Carbone. Oh, he says something like Italian, right? Yeah, it's like uh, it's like hey, it's like uh, come over, huh? yeah, <laughs> like we'll go, we'll go someplace. How you doing? Let's go over there someday. We'll go. Yeah. Uh, Fat Andy. Was Mo Black's brother? I don't have anything written down for him. I don't think he said anything. And then there was Frankie the Wop. That's, that's um, uh, what's his face? Uh, yeah, Carmine Lupertazzi. 
Yeah, I was thinking of his real name. I couldn't think of it. Um, Tony Lip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you take care of that thing. Is that- nah, you staying out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Nonos. Uh, one of them says, "What's up, guy?" Yeah, it's not Freddie Nonos. Oh, that's, so- that's another. That's another. How you doing? <laughs> All right. And there's Pete the Killer, who is Sally Balls' brother, who I don't know who the fuck. Sally oh, Balls he's is. the one. Is he the one who says you take care of that thing? Yeah. Yep. Take yep. care of that thing. There's Mickey Eyes. Oh man, I should I should know this one. Uh, what does he say? That's what's up, guy. Oh, that's the what's up guy. <laughs> More auto whack. Is uh, Mikey Franchese? No, what's he say? He doesn't, he's like talking, like he, they catch him mid-conversation. Like, is he like fixing he's like, his yeah, ties, yeah, he's getting like, up or something? No, nah, it should be two times as fixing his tie. Mikey Franchese, he's like talking to somebody else. And he's oh, like, well, oh, Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Jimmy guy, two I want times. to see that guy. Jimmy two times is a layup. I can, get, I can give you that one. Talk about most bang for your buck in a movie, man. Jimmy two times. I, I mean, mean that, one that of the most gets... quotable one line, one lines, in a, you know, for an actor who has one line, I mean. One line in his life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah. Uh, no, that, and then you have the best is you have like puss at the end moving the fur coats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did, yeah. I think I read there was like 20 something actors in this, in Goodfellas that ended up in Goodfellas or that ended up in Sopranos. Sopranos. Sorry. Yeah. That many? I mean, yeah. I think, it was in, I think it was in the 20s. Yeah. And it's Pussy, uh, Paulie, obviously, Dr. Melfi. We have Tony um, Darrow, who was uh, Sonny yep, in, yep. in this, and he played, uh, the fuck was his name in Sopranos? Larry, Larry Boy. Yeah, Larry Boy Barisi, yeah. Can, yeah. You imagine, can you imagine that? You get a facelift, and one week later, you're in jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tony Lip. Tony Lip, obviously, imagine. yeah. Yep. Uh, Fr- Frank yeah, Vincent, no. you know, Billy yeah. Bats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. We can't name all twenty-four from whatever it was, but yeah, I don't remember the exact number. I think it was in the twenties. Uh, oh, what's the guy? The guy who's the Fed in. Uh, I think the only time he's a gangster is in Goodfellas too. He's a he's a Fed. He owns. Yeah, he's got an Italian last name in, in Sopranos. Yeah, he's a Fed. He, he he's he's the guy who owns uh, what do you call it uh, in Harlem? What's the restaurant in Harlem you can never get into? Rays, Rayos, Rayos. Yeah, he owns that joint. Oh, does he? Yeah, he, yeah has he always he, owned it? As far as I know, yeah. Uh, the fuck's his name? In oh, Sopranos, man. you're talking. His real name, I mean, or in Sopranos. Yeah, I can't think of either. I just all I remember is Agent Harris. I always get, I always can never remember his name, and he's probably a little. He's the one who like yells at Adriana, right? You're giving us <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes, that's a pretty good impression of the Rayo's owner. <laughs> <laughs> This yeah, uh, I can't think this, of his name. Goodfellas had such like an influence on my younger life, and it, it's definitely bled into my older life. As obviously, I'm drinking a seven and seven. I'm thirty, <laughs> right. thirty-eight, thirty-seven years old, drinking a uh, seven and seven on a Thursday night. Uh, but I mean, I think some like there's some things that I just I don't know. Like, I've carried over, and, I, and weirdly, I think my love of diners comes from Goodfellas. Really? Yeah. It's just, I think, I, I think, because I saw a diner after I was hanging out at diners all the time. Uh-huh. But Goodfellas, it was like, 
we used to, I used to have like my own spot. Like not my, it, was, it wasn't my own spot. It was just always an open spot. I would always park in the same one. My friend Dan would like show up and we'd smoke a cigarette. Like, this is back when you could smoke cigarettes in diners. Mm-hmm. I think we'd probably smoke a cigarette. Like, whoever was first would like smoke a cigarette in the parking lot. And then we'd go in, like light up, have a cup of coffee. And it was just like we always we thought we were fucking Jimmy and Henry, like talking about whacking somebody when we were just talking about God knows what, not getting laid. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah, my, I think that started from this, man. It was just like I started going to diners. And I, I remember getting like a, uh, a half a cantaloupe one time because I saw, I was like, oh, Jimmy got a half a cantaloupe at a diner. I could do that one time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. do you want, do you want cottage cheese? I was like, no, I, no, I don't. <laughs> like, well, that what people do. I didn't know that was an option, but no, I definitely don't want cottage cheese. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. Like, and, and seven and seven, I'm drinking it now was actually like my first drink when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. Actually, probably one of mine too. And it probably, I mean, probably, it has to stem from this movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it was. It might have been one of the first things I googled, or I maybe even I probably asked. It wasn't before it's pre-Google, but maybe Yahoo or Mister Jeeves or whatever it was. Yeah, asked Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Yeah, no um, one knows that. No, Jeeves. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I asked a real person what seven and seven was. Right. Right. Yep. It was before Google, but uh, yeah, I just um, I continue, yeah, continues to have <laughs> an impact apparently. Yeah. Um, so you, you had mentioned the, the, uh, steady cam shot going into the Copa. Of course. Yeah. Is it true that the reason that whole shot came about was because they couldn't get permission to go in the regular way, the short way? Oh, I didn't know that. No, I have no idea. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I, this yeah. is just something I, I probably, I wrote, I probably took it oh. off like IMDB, mm-hmm. but I never realized that. I always assumed that it was a planned out thing. Because the Copa was open up until at least the mid to early 2000s yeah don't they have a new copa now in the city i'm not sure i I drove by the copa when it was open at one point i mean i was probably 19 or 20 years old but yeah Uh, i drove i drove by it when it was open and it was like a latin place basically at you know come that that point in time yeah i definitely wish i'd gone in but yeah I'm, i'm sure there's a new i mean that's names like that no die because people make money off the name itself. Uh, I just don't, I have no, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I think there's one, cause I walked by it when I was in New York back in like December, there's one in like uh, close to times square now. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's yeah, not, yeah. that's not the original, like where was the original one? I want, I want to say it was probably, it was not up uptown, not like not above the park, but I want to say, I, I could be completely off base, but I, I want to say it was like low, 50s like okay. that kind of thing but i'm not sure because the one i'm looking at right now is it was it's on 47th and 8th that might 47th and 8th i mean that seems like where where the old one would have been because it was definitely on the west side there but i, I don't know uh okay i got it right sure. here. i got it right here the original was 60th street oh okay so all right about right yeah a little uptown, yeah. little uptown yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah and then um Another another piece of trivia I didn't realize. Um, what's his fate? Who's on stage performing? Uh, uh, oh, Bobby Vinton. Bobby Vinton. Yeah. That was actually his son in the scene. Yeah, yeah. Which I yep. didn't realize. And Henny Youngman plays himself. Henny Youngman. Yep. Yeah. That's Scorsese, man. That's Scorsese. Yeah. 
having like those random guys in those movies just to play the, the, those those parts, you know. I mean, he did it with with uh, so, Stephen Van Zandt, yeah, yeah, and, uh, the Irishman, yep. Hey, uh, talk, talk about Stags and Lufthansa Heist. Mm-hmm. Talk about these little things we pick up from the movie. So when they when he's introducing the guys that are doing the heist, and he mentions Stacks, and Stacks is walking into the bar, and there's a game on TV, right? Yeah. Do you, do you know the move Stacks does? Oh, uh, it's a move. You, I mean, I've I've done this move a million times at a bar where there's a game on TV and I'm walking in. No, what does he do? He's he like he's he like sees the game and like kind of his body stays behind but his legs are still moving forward to kind of like lean back and look at the score type thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's just Sam Jackson, man, like too good of an actor for that small of a part, but I mean there are no small parts, right? Yeah. But it was like oh uh, you 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 go back and watch you're like oh I've done that a million times. Like if I'm walking into a place, I yeah, you know, what's the you know, did I miss something? Yeah, stacks <laughs> stacks move. No, I have to. I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to make a note of that next time. Check check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we take one more one more break? Yeah, let's let's do a quick break and come back with uh, I guess the conclusion to uh, the anniversary episode. <laughs> All right, bringing you back to uh, that fateful night, 1970, June 11th. Uh, we are about an hour in, I'm guessing. I have no idea how far in we are, but uh, I mean, this movie's so fucking good, we forgot to even mention Joe Pesci <laughs> and how incredible he is in this movie. Only guys, we... somehow the only guy to win an Oscar. I don't think we mentioned movie. any actors by name, really. I mean, we've. Uh, True. We've, we we've only mentioned the characters and yeah, a pet Joe Pesci in this movie, uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that, not in a lot of movies, but in in almost every movie he's in, he steals the show. Yeah, and no, and, and nothing more than Goodfellas. Yeah, it just uh, you know, you know, you, you have the uh, how what the fuck is so funny about me that scene. My clown. Yeah, it's, all imp- it's all improv, like famously, right. just all improv. And uh, and I read that was from a real experience uh, he had. I th- <laughs> I think really? he was uh, – I forget what it was. It was something like where he was maybe uh, work- like working as a busboy in like one of those places and kind of saw something like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe someone did it to him fucking with him. I forget exactly what it was. But it was his idea, I think, to put it in the uh, the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Scorsese kind of told him to go, and that was what he came up with on it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, I love that. Yeah. I mean, every everybody loves that scene, but to me, it's always so funny how the whole restaurant is just kind of looking at them like it's like they're movie like stars. They're filming and, a or, movie, yeah. <laughs> well, not like they're filming a movie, but they're they're looking at it. I, I assume those guys are all extras in the back. Yeah. They're looking at they're looking at them like they're movie stars or like they're 
I don't know, like Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford at that table or something like that. Yeah. Like it's it's incredible. It, I mean, I, I don't know how intentional it is, but to me, it's like, I think it's trying to show how magnetic all those guys are. Yeah. No, another interesting fact about Pesci in this movie is, yeah. I don't know if this movie holds the record anymore for fuck. I think maybe Wolf of Wall Street broke it. Yeah. Wolf of Wall think, Street I, break it. Yeah, there's a. I think a couple broke it throughout the years. Yeah, but I, I saw it was uh, it was something like three hundred and twenty-one. I think it was Fox in the movie, and Pesci had like half of them. <laughs> that's not too, that's not yeah. too bad. And apparently, Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, and apparently the script called for like seventy fuck, but because of Im- Im- improv, <laughs> ended up like quadrupling. <laughs> so again, sometimes you got to drop a lot of fucks, man. Oh man, it's like a it's like a comma. Fuck, you know what I mean? You, you forget what you're saying for a second. Fuck, you know? Yeah, you're it's right. Punk, it's punctuation. It gives you gives you time to kind of think what the next uh, fucking thing you're gonna say is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that was our forget about it scene with fuck right there. Was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck is one of the most versatile. <laughs> fuck is even more versatile than forget about it. Sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pesci, incredible. Um, Back it's to, ama- go ahead. It's a, I was say it's amazing that this movie, like it's it's the greatest director of our time, the greatest <clears> actor, <throat> like De Niro of our time, right? And probably the greatest movie of our time, and it only won Best Supporting Actor. Like didn't win any other awards. Like fuck the Oscars. Yeah, the Oscars, I mean, uh, Dances with Wolves, man, was the big winner that day. Have you have you ever seen Dances with Wolves? No, I haven't. Isn't There's, that like a Civil War movie? I thought like Kevin Costner played a Native American or something. I know he he well he won for best director also. I don't know if he, I don't know if he was a Native in the movie. I have no I have no idea. No, it's or, one it's one it, of those movies I I really don't. Could have been like the white savior of uh, of the natives. One of those <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Oh, that is that always, what he did? Oh. I have no I have no idea. I'm trying to think of what it might have been. I have no idea what it was. Yeah, I. I... It beats the hell out of me. But they, they were the big winner. They took home all kinds of Oscars that night. And uh, nobody's, nobody's doing podcasts about it now. No. Nobody's, nobody's fucking quoting. Nope. Ghost, fucking quoting Ghost also was a, uh, won a few that night, too. <laughs> Whoopi I think, I, think Go, I think Ghost is the more famous scene anything I could think of than Dances with Wolves. And I never oh, saw yeah, either movie. Definitely. Oh, you never saw Ghost? No, I just saw that, I saw that one scene where he's doing the thing with the meme more, making the yeah, pottery. Yeah, pottery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, not not like a must see, but it's all right. Ghost. Wow, you give it. A, you give her giving ghost. It's 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 all right. Yeah, it's a uh, pull on your heartstrings a little bit. You nah, said talking about not talking probably about, not. <laughs> well, you talk about pulling your heartstrings. If De Niro didn't get nominated for Goodfellas, he got nominated for Awakenings, which yeah. is a great, which is a very good movie in its own right, but uh, I mean, his, he's known for Jimmy Conway, yeah, and Awakenings. Yeah. I feel like Awakenings was more... Have, have you ever seen Awakenings? A long time ago. It's, I know he plays like a mental patient, right? Yeah, he's catatonic, he can't move, and Robin Williams plays the doctor. Yeah. I, I remember watching this movie when I was a kid, kind of Back in the day, when you could watch, it didn't have like the drop down. You couldn't see the full description of it. And I think I had it on like the movie was starting, and I was like starting, you know, Rob Williams, Robert De Niro. I was like, oh shit, I'll check it out. 
Yes. And then getting locked into this movie, be like, what the fuck is going on? This is the most depressing yep. fucking movie. Yeah, it's one and done. It's like you're not going to go back and rewatch it, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it probably about due for it. I probably watched the movie in like 1999 or something. It's probably due to watch it again now. Yeah. You know, a good 21 years later. <laughs> uh, anyways. Andy Garcia got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Got five, three? Yeah. Yeah, not, I don't know about not, that. Not a, I mean, the best supporting actors that year. Joe Pesci didn't have. Joe Pesci obviously deserves it, but not a lot of competition. Yeah, Pacino as Dick Tracy. Yeah, I never saw that one. I don't Dick think I Tracy. saw Dick Tracy. Uh, maybe a little bit back in the day, but not. There's as, there's rumors that uh, Pacino turned down uh, the role of Jimmy Conway. Is that right? Yeah, I also heard Malkovich too. Wow. Which well, I don't know how much. Well, I don't think I don't know if De Niro was that necessarily the third choice, but maybe just those guys were kind of like in the discussion for it. Yeah, yeah. I heard Cruz was in this discussion for this movie too for Hill. <sighs> I don't know. I like Cruz. I don't know though. Yeah, I, don't I read a few. Cruz. I read a few guys. Uh, I should have wrote it down for uh, that were um, considered for Henry Hill. I can't think of any of them though right now. Leo Leota is amazing on this movie, and I, I it's just it's and he was, I know he wasn't their first choice. He wasn't. He's, he's, not, he a, kinda, he's not a big guy. He's not a big guy at all. No. He's, of, of the cast, he is at that time. He and even I mean even today, he's not like the biggest name in that cast by by long stretch of the imagination. No, and he's a relative unknown in 1990, and he absolutely kills it. He does absolutely, yeah. He does, and, and he, he kind of—I forget—I forget who it was, but he had a kind of like plea to somebody. Uh, it wasn't—it wasn't Marty. It was somebody casting, okay, casting somebody. director, yeah, something yeah. like that. And like after he met with them, they were like, "All right, he's got the role." I guess he convinced them on the spot. I think it was at like a bar or something. It's—I'll watch anything with like Ray Liotta is one of those guys. I'll watch anything he's in. Yeah, not not knowing it might be a big piece of shit, but knowing that he has something in him that is going to make it interesting for me to watch. Yes. And this is, this is like the perfect blend of that quality that he has with, you know, the script. This, this is one of the greatest scripts. You literally can quote every page of the script. I guarantee you, if you look at the script, like page by page, every page, there's at least one line you've used like to quote this movie, whether, you know, it could be just a quote to movie. It could be like an everyday thing, like Haha, from Goodfellas type thing. Yeah. And it was like a perfect blend of all that. And Reliota is amazing uh, in this role, not nominated at all for nothing. Nope. It's, uh, it was yeah disgrace because he, 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 he deserved it. He was phenomenal. Yeah. At least a little nomination. Yeah, please. Um, but, and he, and he has it all because he's got like that. He's got like those those bright like those they're blue, they're bright blue eyes, but there's like psych there's psychosis behind him. Like you're a fucking nut job mm-hmm. behind him, but you're like just drawn in, just like Karen was. <laughs> he was. was like, I mean, the first part of the movie, you know, we talked about before a little bit, but like I keep going back, but like the first part of the movie when he's seducing Karen, he's really seducing like the audience, right? Because that. We talk about the tracking shot. He's bringing you through the culpa, like, oh shit, we skipped the whole fucking line. Like, oh, this is what the, this is how they live. And then you're, boom, you're there. Somebody 
Oh, Tony sent over a bottle of wine. Oh, thanks, Tony. I go, oh, shit, oh, man, this is great. What's next? And yeah. then he's pissed. And then we talk about glamorization. In next next scene, he's pistol whipping the neighbor. <laughs> right, but by, by, that, by that point, you're rooting for him, though. So, you, you know. Yeah, well, you want to go out with him that night, don't you? You want to see his guy to go out on that night. You know, last night was the Copa and uh, Henny Youngman. What's tonight going to be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Fuck yeah! Let's see what's going on. Oh, oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna pick up cocaine at this uh, mo- this shady motel as his house is following us. <laughs> well, okay, uh, that was uh, a few years into the marriage. Already, I'm just you know? saying. Had, guys, this is, I'm just saying the slippery slope. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> starts with Bobby Vinton and champagne and ends in a strip mall, uh, pretending you're shopping, looking for helicopters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, again, we got off the Joe Pesci thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Poor guy. Over, overlooked uh, genius. Um, what, uh, what other movies for you? If you had to give, let's see, I'm trying to think of what there are, but like, are there three other Joe Pesci movies, not including The Irishman, because it's too new on the list? Uh-huh. Uh, what, other, what three Joe Pesci movies are your favorite after Goodfellas? After and, Goodfellas and, and, and Casino. All right, so no Goodfellas, no Casino, no Irishman. Um, I have to, I have to put Home Alone in okay. there. He's incredible in Home Alone. Just shows you that he could play like, you know, he could play the hard-headed prick in you know Goodfellas and Casino, but he could also play like the prick who you know the, the jokes on him. You know, a little bit yeah. of a different, little bit of a different style of uh, heel. You know. Home Alone's uh, great because you. Home Alone's great because especially now as an adult watching it, and Pe- Pesci does this whole shtick in it. Yeah, but he doesn't. He can't curse, and he's still very creative. And he's he's a cartoon character in that movie yeah. where he, a lot of times he's cursing. He's going, "You're Russian, 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 Russian," which yeah. is like Yosemite Sam might curse. <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, it's tough because he's not really in that many other movies, but. I would have, you know, you know where he's actually really funny, man, because it just shows you how versatile he is. Because mm-hmm. we're t- obviously dealing with him where, I mean, he's funny in Goodfellas. He fucking cracks you up, but he's not really meant to be. He's meant to be a fucking psychopath. Yep, you know? Yep. But I'll tell you a movie where it really showed his uh, comedic chops again, just like Home Alone did, but uh, The Lethal Weapons. He was in the last two Lethal Weapons, yeah, he was, three yeah. and four. Leo Getz. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend. I mean, I'm a huge plays weapon a, fan, so... He plays, like, a little shit heel in it, too. Just up, up, up their asses all the time. Oh, yeah, and they, all, they do is, all they do is pick on him and break his balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say, uh, well, obviously, My Cousin Vinny. I mean, My Cousin Vinny, it's another one where he's, he's a, a comic. But you, you didn't mention uh, Raging Bull. Is that disqualified? Because that, I, did, I mean, he's I did, great I, in Raging Bull. Yeah, he is. That's probably, his, that's probably like... Outside of Goodfellas, probably his best acting yeah. in the Raging Bull. And even though, a, I'll give you lot, one, even though it was a really, even though it was a really small role, but the the end scene in Bronx Tale. He, yeah, he's more he's more in there to be to be because you don't see him in that first scene until like you've seen the movie a million times. Yeah, I know. And he and I feel like he's just there to be like, uh, like, like okay, th- he's a big guy. Like you know, this is a guy you respect. He's yeah, he's great. He's great in like the two minutes, but uh, 
I can't I can't count that as one of his great movies. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like he just just for being in it for five minutes, like he yeah. crushed it. <laughs> he did he did crush it. Um Did you do you ever see Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? No. <laughs> worth, never never I, got around to it. I'm not saying go out and watch it tonight. It's never on TV, so I'm not going to say put leave it on if it's on TV. But if you see it like in the dollar bin at uh, the, I don't know where you get or I don't know where the, at Walmart or something, yeah, pick it up, pick it up, and like get high and watch it one night. It's not it's not great. He's great though. It's a stupid ass movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Pesci's great. In it. <laughs> I never got around to it. It's 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 one of those movies that. Uh... Well, it not it was always kind of like on the radar just because Pesci was in it. Yeah, knowing it was terrible though. It's a hokey like it's one of those. It's like a Mickey Blue Eyes type movie where it's just the you know everything's it's just a, it's a comedy. Yeah, and it's comedy ba- you know around crime and it's just it's oh it's he plays okay. like an Italian like gangster in it. Yeah, so I I remember there's one particular scene in the movie that I remember where uh this the song Mr. You know, Mr. Salmon, bring me a dream is involved in it, but I don't really remember. He's just, he's pissed off the whole time, which is great. You know, if you want to watch an hour and a half of Joe Pesci getting pissed, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't go out of your way to watch it. But if you ever have the opportunity, uh, you know, leave it on for whatever, just to catch it. Just because it's, it's funny to see, like, what they did with his clout. Like, oh, man, we guess, let's put him in this movie. He's got eight heads in a duffel bag. Literally got eight heads in a duffel bag. Because some guy, some mob guy, wanted to see the heads of his enemies, <laughs> and he's got to bring them across All the right. country. All right. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most ludicrous, most ludicrous movie. Um. So yeah, um, I think the only scene we we didn't that's like necessary to talk about that we didn't really hit on yeah. was the, the dinner scene at his mother's house. Shit, yeah, Tommy's yep. mother's house. Yes. Which uh, that scene is mostly improv. The whole hoof, you know, line yep. bar with yep. the knife is all improv. Yeah. Um, yep. But I think that scene is just that, that scene's important just because um, it just shows. I think it's like a little bit of insight into like just the Italian culture about how just, you know, we're always ready, whether we're the, whether we're, uh, we're the people <laughs> showing up at a house ready to eat. Or if you're the person having somebody over, you're always ready to put food on the table. You know, one of those yeah. things. Like, you go to yeah. your grandmother's house and, you know, uh, out of nowhere. I forget what they're eating in the scene. Isn't it like steak or something? I thought it was like, I always think it was like eggs or something. Oh, I have no he, idea. Doesn't he have like ketchup? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but which it could be steak. Yeah, because people put ketchup on steak too. But I, yeah, I have no, I always thought it was like eggs. Oh, like yeah. Like... It might have been steak because I think I read that something, uh, like De Niro made a point to ask Henry Hill how um, Jimmy Burke put ketchup oh, on he, things, and I think they yeah. said they like he put ketchup on everything or something. I could be I could be imagining that, but I think I read that somewhere. Uh, for years, I tried to do the ketchup like how he did it, like spinning it. Yeah, that's not how you do ketchup, man. Like, <laughs> no. Hit you hit the fifty-seven. Everybody knows that on the bottle. I don't know if you've the last time I got a glass Heinz bottle. I don't know. No, you gotta but hit the bottom. You, yeah, no, not the bottom. No, you hit the bottom of it. No, you hold it. You hold it at a forty-five degree angle, and you go hit up at the fifty-seven on the side of the bottle, like right where the bottle curves, basically. Oh, and that bottle fucking flows, man. No, it's like two hits, and it's you're coming out. You're good. 
It's a two. It's a two pump Trump right there. Oh, all right. I'm sure it was the last time I dealt with a. Uh, Everything's but... fucking squeeze bottles. Everybody wants to make it easier for you, fucking spoiled <laughs> goddamn <laughs> millennials. Yeah, that's what happens? Fucking squeeze bottles. <laughs> try, try. <laughs> Try manipulating ketchup out of a fucking glass bottle when it's at its very last legs. That's <laughs> yeah. how you do it. Oh, from the you're a bottom guy, huh? I, I guess that's <laughs> <laughs> the spit. Oh, but the Jimmy Conway spinning it never worked for me. Never. Yeah, I feel like you know? I tried that too, and it doesn't. Uh, it's not not efficient. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah that scene. Yeah, where a quick hello, oh, have a snack turns into like a three course meal. It's uh, bodies in the trunk. (laughs) Yeah, and that's yeah, everything's so close to home too, man. Like you hear him actually banging around in the trunk and stuff while you know while he's in the car, and it's just like Henry can't even talk because he's so shocked by what's what what had happened. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's we we you've been there when you've had to go to like your friend's house when you're maybe a little bit stoned or a little bit drunk and mm-hmm. you had to play it cool. Henry, not playing it cool. No, not, not at, all. at all. No, no, no. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I look at J- Jimmy and Tommy having a great time. Can you just fucking, you know, act like everything's normal, man. Come on. Yeah. And he, I thought you were, Good. I didn't even know you were going to go that route with the stone, the drug. I thought you were just going to say you show up at your buddy's house and you end up at the, you know, the kitchen table eating. It's just uncomfortable. But, yeah, you throw in the whole, like, stoned <laughs> angle. Yeah. I can't imagine having a dead body in my trunk. Oh, yeah. You know, Henry's thinking, like, the whole time, like, oh, the, she she knows. She knows. She's, there's blood on my collar or something. She knows. <laughs> and she m- knows he killed somebody. Of course, Daisy made a point not to tell his mother that, um, like, anything about that scene, like, that, that there was a dead <laughs> body out there. Yeah, you have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that would have rattled her or not. <laughs> I don't think so. She seemed pretty unflappable. Yeah. At her time. She was great in casino. She was great. You ever see the clip with her on Letterman making pizza for Letterman? No. It's pretty funny. I think I think Bill Murray's on it. It's like Bill Bill Murray like sneaks out. Like he was a guest on the show. Score says he was a guest on the show. He brings his mother out to uh to cook and make pizza for Letterman and like Bill Murray just like sneaks out because I mean it's fucking Mrs. Scorsese making <laughs> making yeah. beats because let's go yeah it's on YouTube man it's funny <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, you know what we didn't there's one more thing I want to mention before we get into the quotes Sam, uh-huh. is the use of the voiceover oh okay yep. it's 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 seen like a lot of times in movies as like a crutch for for some filmmakers, uh, Scorsese's used it multiple times in movies. Sure, Casino, ne- ne- yeah, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street, yep, and oh, and Irishman, obviously, and uh, most recently. But he's he's masterful in this movie. I think it's because uh, Henry Hill is like unreliable narrator. They call it like it's the, what they call it, it's unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. And there's a few times like where he used like some misdirection. Um. Like, like when uh, Maury's gonna get whacked, right? Yeah. That night, and they go to the voiceover. He's like, "Oh man!" Like J- Jimmy calls it off. He's like, "Oh, if I ever told him how close he was to getting whacked, you'd never believe me." And then, like as the audience, when your first time you yeah, see it, like, you're sleep off, a little bit, yeah, right. You're off guard a little bit, and then next scene, Tommy's sticking a, 
you know, a pick in the, in the back of the guy's neck. Yeah. It's, uh, and I'm pretty sure the, vo- a lot of the voiceover stuff were du- like direct stuff from Henry Hill, whether it was from the book or just oh, a lot of it's from the book. I, yeah. I heard the book. I read the book once. It was a long time ago, but I, a lot of it was in the book. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's one of those, uh, filmmaking, uh, tricks that, I mean, absolutely masters in this movie. Yeah. Yep. For sure. All right, should we do our quotes? May as well, yeah. I think it's the only thing we got left. I mean, I could probably, I probably could go on for another three segments, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I was thinking about, I was thinking about, we could probably do like one show, you know, half hour, forty five minutes on each character. I could do a half hour show on Maury, I think. Yeah, oh, Maury, yeah, piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but maybe that's for next year when we hit uh, the the next anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I don't have a coin here to flip, so I'll give you I'll give you uh, first go uh, at yeah. uh, at favorite quotes here. All right, I'll get first one. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out simple, straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Never rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. The best. And I got I mean, it, it bleeds into an, another great line, which is when they leave the courthouse. Paul, oh, you popped the- your cherry. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, no more, no more version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever watch AMC. AMC or yeah, VH1, like you said? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I quote that line the most, but you know, definitely one of like the top five, probably most uh, seen quote, you know, quotes uh, if, they're, yeah. if they're showing clips or whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's that's number one for me. Yeah, that's right up there. Yeah. Uh, all right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't put down a lot of the like the classic. I used a couple of, off the beaten path. Ones yeah, that here. was the only classic I had. That's why I wanted to just get it out of the way. I, one of my favorite. I mean, that was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this every time. One of my favorites. These are all obviously my favorites. Uh-huh. Uh, I love. We talk about Pesci being funny in this movie, but a psychopath. Yeah. I love. Make that coffee to go. Let's go. Yep. I had that one written down. <laughs> it's a it's, And then I, I love Frank Carbone trying to walk out with a coffee pot. He's like, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Get the fucking coffee back. What fucking coffee? Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Um, <laughs> all right. Th- this one. This one I definitely uh, have used just uh, in real life, just when it applies. Uh, but it's De Niro after, you know, Tommy storms out. And he's just like, no, no, no. Insulting him a little bit. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and then, which leads to, you know, now have the drink. Drinks are on the house. Billy, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do the motion with the hand and everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course. Classic. Uh, all right. All right. This is a one off from a guy who has a couple, he's got a couple good lines in the movie, not, not only the main guys. But uh, this goes to show you these guys are always in a certain state of mind, no matter what. Mm. All the shit, everything's, all the shit is hitting the fan at this point. Paul is getting taken away, and Tootie goes, uh, Whoever sold you those suits had a wonderful sense of humor. No, oh, yeah, that's yep, it's a good one. That's I love it, one. man. It's it's just 
<laughs> aren't you on the Wall Street and uh, and, and arrest some real crooks? Yeah, yeah, just drawing on the way out. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you gotta talk, gotta talk trash to them. Let them know. Let them, yep. know, they're the ba- Let them know they're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, my last this this one I might use the most actually, and it's a it's a more of an obscure line that you kind of have to listen for. I mean, I know you'll know it, but maybe uh, yeah. someone who's only seen the movie once or twice when. Uh, when Karen is waiting up with her mother for Henry, yeah, you know, and he yeah. comes home like you know, shit housed at like you know five six in the morning or whatever, and he just turns around and leaves, and Patsy's just yelling at him, breaking his balls, and as he's pulling out, he just goes, "What the fuck kind of people are they?" <laughs> like they're the crazy ones. I mean, I use that line all the time, man, just to just, just destroy people if we're talking about somebody. What the fuck kind of people are they? <laughs> oh, all right. I think I got, a, I got like three more, but I think my, my last one, I'm going to do two more anyway. Yeah. But, uh, my, my last one's going to be, um, this one sums up the whole movie for me in one easy quote. All day long, the poor guy's watching helicopters and tomato sauce. And that's just, hey, if you're a gangster, you're a Italian-American gangster, yeah. fucking, you got to worry about your heritage. I mean, <laughs> the, Sopranos, the Sopranos is all based on that fucking family complex. Like, oh, this family and that family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 that line sums the whole thing up, man. You're always looking behind your shoulder, for, you know, and then you're always got to be sure the sauce is, uh, sauce is not sticking. Right, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, another one. Uh, yeah, I love. I always love the end when, uh, like, he breaks the third wall there. Egg noodles and ketchup. Before, before that, when he's in, when he's in court and they're talking, he gets up from the stand. Oh, okay. Yep. The hardest thing for me was leaving the life. I still love the life. We were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all, just for the asking. Our wives, mothers, kids, everybody rode along. I had paper bags filled with jewelry stashed in the kitchen and, and a sugar bowl filled with Coke next to the bed. Anything I wanted was a phone call away. Free cars and the keys to a dozen hideout, hideout flats all over the city. I bet 20, 30 grand over a weekend. And I, then I either blow the winnings in a week or go, or go to the Sharks and pay back the bookies. It didn't matter. When I was broke, I just went out and robbed some more. We ran everything. We paid off lawyers. We paid off cops. Everybody had their hands out. Everything was for the taking. And now it's all over. That's it. Love it. Love it. I love it. I just, the, the, that whole, it, that's, it's, it shows like there's a true story, but then like Scorsese finds a way to bring like, look, you're watching a movie, man. Yeah. Leota gets up from the stand. He comes right at you. He's talking right to you in the audience, man. And you're like, that's it. It was, it was a story. It happened. And uh, kind of like humanizes him in the movie a little bit. Like, uh, which... Well, I think it brings you back because I tell you, like in the beginning, it sucks you in, man, and like you're there, you're with him, you're on his shoulder. Like, you know, you you want to say like you're the, the angel, the devil on the shoulder. There's yeah. only a devil on Henry Hill's shoulder, and the devil is just saying, "Take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself." And you're there with him the whole time, like, "Oh, what's he gonna do? What's his next move?" And at the end, he stands up, says, "No, nope, it's over. You're not me. You'll never can be me." Yeah, this yeah. is it. Yeah. It's like you know oh, what? Yeah. You know what? Who's you know? Well, we're all we're all fucking schnooks. 
right. Yeah. You're you're a schnook in Nebraska. I'm a schnook watching you be a schnook. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, what a ride. Phenomenal, man. And it's a movie that uh, I'll watch again and again and again. Oh yeah. Never get. I'll get never get tired of it. Yeah. Ne- always on ne- somewhere. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I don't know if we could top this one. We'll just try it next week. We'll just try it, we'll try it next week. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you got anything else in? No, I think that's it. We've exhausted ourselves, uh, even though we could keep going, obviously, you know, talking about this movie. Uh, just follow us at Sunday Poor. Um, Twitter, Instagram. Hit a few races this week. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about next week. And stick with the current events, I guess. Maybe some Yankee stuff. Uh, hope sports are on. Sports are on their way back. I don't want to get too depressing because it's had did an awesome show. Yeah, but Jesus, we're trying. You brought it right. Wow, <laughs> we're all gonna die of coronavirus. No, <laughs> just happens. No. Trigger seven and seven, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, hey, as De Niro said, as De Niro tells tells Heather Weintraub in Mean Streets, have a seven and seven. It's good for you. Go. <laughs> yeah. Told you I could fucking quote it all goddamn day. You could you could, <laughs> as advertised. Uh, yeah, everybody, hang in there. We'll see, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs>